Right, what's up, Trace family? How we doing today? How we doing? How we feeling? Man, we're excited to have you here. Doesn't it feel good to be excited to come to church? Like, did anybody else grow up in one of those churches? Like, if somebody smiled or laughed, it was a movement of the Holy Spirit, right? And so I hope you're as grateful as I am just to be like anxious in a good way to wanna come to church and experience what God is doing in the life of this church is just absolutely amazing right now. Uh, I wanna celebrate something with you really quick and I wanna preface that celebration with something because I wanna make sure you don't hear something that, I, that I'm not saying. Uh, one of the things that when we set out to start this church, we're six and a half years old now, but uh, our goal was not to like become a mega church or anything like that. We just wanted to reach one more lost person for Jesus. That was like, that's the purpose, yeah. And so let's clap. If we're gonna clap, let's clap because that is the purpose. Uh, but I do wanna celebrate this with you that last week we had a record attendance. We had over 900 people join us last week and it was amazing. And um, I wanna let you know that we're talking about a third service right now because we do have more and more guests coming. And so we may move to like an 8.30 service and change our times up a little bit. So if you came here today and it's like, ah, oh, I'm you know, kind of struggling finding a place to sit. Like we're thinking of you and we're thinking through that right now just to give you a heads up about all of that. And by the way, my name is Aaron. If I haven't gotten the opportunity to meet you yet, I'm the lead pastor here. And if I haven't gotten the opportunity to meet you and you're not in a hurry today, I'll be out in what we call the docks and you'll see a place that says next steps. I'll be over there. And if you're not in a hurry today, I really would be honored to meet you. I won't keep you long. Just wanna say thanks for being here and introduce myself to you. Uh, but you have joined us in the middle of a series called Break the Cycle. And a couple of weeks ago, Dr. T kicked us off by talking to us about addiction. And more specifically, he talked to us about the importance of understanding the why and the how behind our addictions. Because if we want to have any hope in overcoming the addictions in our life, then we should probably have a good understanding of why they started to begin with. And then last week, Pastor Isaac got up here and he talked to us about how if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll build a cycle in our life where we just keep chasing after things, thinking that they're going to bring us fulfillment, whether those are accolades or uh, affirmation or power or prestige or whatever it is that we may chase thinking that, man, if we can just get that, like if we can get our hands around that, if we can achieve that, if we can arrive at this particular platform, then that's going to be the fulfillment that we've been looking for, only to find that once you get there, it falls short of what you really need to feel completely fulfilled. And ultimately, his main takeaway for us was if we pursue anything or anyone other than Jesus to bring complete fulfillment into our life, it will always come up short. It's like chasing after the wind. I would tell you that a big idea behind this entire series was to give us an opportunity to pay more attention to some of the patterns in our life. More specifically, pay more attention to some of the unhealthy patterns in our life. Patterns that have a tendency to cause pain, patterns that we would all say have caused some problems for us along the way, maybe even patterns that have led us to hurt the people in our life that we would say we love the most. And so again, the big idea behind this series is to pay a little bit more attention to those particular things, because if we're not careful, ready? If we're not careful, we can have the tendency, or let me say it differently, we all have the potential to pass those patterns on, which leads me to what I wanna talk about today. Today, what I'd like for us to do is take a deeper dive into our family of origin, to pay a little bit more attention to where some of those patterns may have been passed down with time. And there's really two lanes that I'm going to take when it comes to the approach of this particular message. 
on one hand, I want us to discern through the potential generational dysfunction that has been passed down to us. And on the other hand, I want us to be determined and make a decision today and declare today that when it comes to the unhealthy patterns in my life and in my family's life, it stops with me. And as your pastor, I wanna go ahead and kind of preface and begin by looking at every single one of you and let you know that each and every single one of you have the potential to be the cycle breaker in your family. And I know that for some, this might be a little bit more difficult than a conversation, of a conversation than others. Because for some, that generational dysfunction is deep. And it's not lost on me that this may be a little bit more difficult for you. And so here's what I'd like to do. I think the best way that I could begin this message is by reading to you from the scripture, uh, specifically a text out of Ephesians that I hope will help you to feel a little bit more emboldened this morning, a little bit more confident this morning, a little bit more courageous this morning, and be reminded that the strength that you get to tap into as a follower of Jesus to, to tackle some of these heavier subjects, it doesn't come from you, but it does come from your heavenly Father. So in Ephesians chapter three, the apostle Paul says this, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, Paul says, so you should feel honored. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And hold on to this next statement, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So a big part of our strength and the inner strength that God wants to empower us to tap into comes from a greater understanding of God's love in our lives. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience, so Paul goes from saying, hey, I need you to understand this, but I also want you to experience this. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then, everybody say then, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Anybody else want to feel a little bit more complete this morning? Because I do, I do. If I were to give a title to this sermon, I'm going to call it Roots and Rings, or Rings and Roots. About a week ago, we were having dinner as a family, and my six-year-old Madison gets up from the table, which she often does, and she kind of peeks around to look at the clock, and she sees that it's six o'clock, and she goes, yes. And I'm like, what's going on? She goes, it's six o'clock. And I'm like, well, what's so exciting about six o'clock? She goes, well, dad, six o'clock, that means it's only an hour and a half before I have to go to bed. And I'm like, is Jesus coming back? Like, why are you all of a sudden excited that it's an hour and a half to bedtime? And she said, well, that means because I'm gonna go to sleep and the next day that I wake up, it's Friday. And Friday's the last day of the week. And Friday nights as a family, we have movie night. And on movie night, we make popcorn. <laughs> and I'm like, goodness, that took some forethought right there. And what she did is she saw what she wanted and what she looked forward to. And then she just kind of tracked backwards to look at the steps that were necessary to get to ultimately what she was looking forward to the most. 
I've found it to be a really healthy rhythm for our family and actually me personally to have something to look forward to. And the reason I even shared that story and the reason I even shared that sentiment is because I believe there's a healthier version of you that you can look forward to. I really do. I believe there's a healthier version of you and me that we can actually look forward to. And so can I ask you a rhetorical question this morning? If there was a better version of you, there was a healthier version of you, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, would you be interested? And sometimes we gotta be careful because depending on the patterns that have existed in our life for a long time, depending on the junk in our, in our closet that we would say we've already tried to tackle from time to time without any success, what we may have a tendency to do is just feel like it's out of reach to feel like we were potentially too far gone, that that dysfunction's been around for too long and we begin to dismiss ourselves from the possibility that there could be a better version of us, a healthier version of us. And I'm just here to tell you this morning that there is. What Paul says right after that text that I just read you is a great promise that each and every one of you should hold on to. He says, now to him, not you, but now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what you could ever ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is at work within you. So on your own, you would actually be correct. On your own, there's a lot of things, including the generational dysfunction or the patterns in our life that have been hard to break. There are a lot of things that we can't overcome if it were up to you. But for our heavenly father, nothing is impossible. So let me pray for us. God, I pray that even what I have already shared, that if anybody is in here this morning dismissing themselves from being able to be the cycle breaker of their family, to be able to break the patterns that have existed potentially in their life for a long time, I pray that you would remind them of your power, not theirs. And as I've said often from this stage, that we would stop measuring your capabilities through our own capacity. Father, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us to feel that strength in our inner being that you tell us is given to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we would embrace what is possible, that we would know that there's a healthier, a better version of us tomorrow if we will deal with what we need to deal with today. And no doubt, God, it's a process. It's gonna look different for different people. And so, Lord, I pray that by the time we're done today, that you would help all of us to see the potential in front of us, the possibilities in front of us, and what step that you're willing to meet us in if we will move in your direction. Thank you, God, for that promise. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. One of my favorite commercials uh, right now is from the Progressive Insurance Company. You've probably heard it right. It's like, hey, we can't stop you from becoming your parents, but we can save you a lot of money on car insurance. And if you haven't seen one, I'll show you one of my favorite ones. Check this out. Okay, this is a freezer, not a time capsule. Sometimes the house itself can tell you how a young homeowner is turning into their parents. Not those two. Yep, they're gone. Forever? Yep. That there is Progressive's Home Quote Explorer website where I compared home insurance rates. We don't need to print the internet. Some are beyond it. I will give you $100 if you can tell me what this is. Scotch egg. It's a meatball. Ah. Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with Home Quote Explorer. We've got a lot of work to do. The older that we get, the more likely that we can see 
that the reason our parents are the way that they are is because of who their parents were and in turn who their parents were. Potentially, as we've taken a deeper look at those things, we've come to understand that maybe some of these things, some of these patterns, some good, some bad, man, they've been around for generations. And so what I want us to do today is I want us to look at some of those unhealthy patterns. Now, to tell you what we're not gonna talk about, I'm not gonna talk about the, the genetic things that have been passed down to us from year to year, right? So whether you're bald or maybe you got brown eyes and wish you had blue eyes, or maybe you just got a big butt that you inherited. There's some things that I can't help you with this morning, amen? And outside of some Rogaine or some contacts for your eyes or P90X, there's not a whole lot you're gonna be able to do either. So we're not gonna be talking about those things. And I also wanna be careful. Can I just say this? I also wanna be careful because what this is not going to be is permission for you or for me to just bash our parents. Permission for us to just point out everything that they ever did wrong because in many scenarios and situations, they did the best that they did. They did the best they could with what they had, amen? And so this is not going to be like a parent bashing kind of session. And I hope, uh, I hope that you hear my heart in that. And even though we're gonna focus maybe a little bit more on the negative today, maybe a great exercise for you would be to sit down and write a list of the positive things. Because I have no doubt that there are probably some things that we appreciate that we've adopted from our parents. Maybe their faith or their faithfulness or their work ethic or their integrity or leadership or the way that they showed love. And so again, let me just be clear, this is not gonna be a parent bashing session. But, but for our time today, we are going to focus on those unhealthy patterns because it's those unhealthy patterns that have caused problems. It's those unhealthy patterns that have led to some pain. It's those unhealthy patterns that have even caused some of us to hurt the people that we love the most around us. Today, as your pastor, I want to give you permission. And your heavenly father wants to give you the power. Let me say it again. I want to give you the permission and your heavenly father wants to give you the power that when it comes to the unhealthy patterns in your life that have potentially been handed down for many generations, I wanna give you permission. Your heavenly father wants to give you the power to say when it comes to that unhealthy pattern, it stops with me. It stops with me. It stops with me. And every single one of you, I'm gonna reiterate a lot of things this morning. Every single one of you have the potential to be the cycle breaker in your family. You've got what it takes. And even as I share that sentiment, that might in and of itself reflect on something that you never received from your parents. Maybe just once you wanted to hear from your mom or hear from your dad, you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes, buddy. You got this. Don't some of us just need to hear that from time to time? And maybe that's a pattern that you could break today. Maybe as you think through, you know what, that's me. I never necessarily had that kind of affirmation or encouragement from my parents. And then you begin to think, you know what, I'm not sure I've ever given it to my kids. And so instead of passing that pattern along, be the cycle breaker. You be the cycle breaker. Set aside some intentional time with your kids and look them in the eye and find something in their life. You got what it takes, buddy. You got what it takes, sweetie. You got this. And, and maybe it's a great opportunity to even remind them that, hey, you maybe couldn't do this on your own, but with the partnership of your heavenly father, man, anything is possible. Let me illustrate it this way. 
How many of you have had the opportunity to go to Sequoia National Park? Anybody? Yeah, it's still on my bucket list, but even just looking at the pictures online, I marvel at how big these trees actually are. And some of them living uh, over 3,000 years, which is crazy. It means these trees existed when Jesus walked this earth. And from time to time, one of these trees will fall down or, or they'll cut one down because it's diseased and they're you know, fearful of it falling down in the wrong place. And so they'll cut it down. And when they do, they can start to slice the tree open and begin to examine its rings. And based on its rings, they can determine the life that the tree had. You can determine a lot by a tree's rings, whether or not it went through a severe drought, maybe it had a disease at some point, maybe it was hit by lightning, or it endured a fire. Do you know that our lives have rings too? Our lives have rings too. Maybe one of your rings shows a moment in time where there was dirt being put on a casket of someone who you dearly loved. A marriage that suddenly came to an end. Maybe it was yours, maybe it was your parents. Maybe one of your rings represents a year where you worked your butt off to make some progress only to be compared to a sibling of yours. Maybe one of your rings points to a time Or not only were you consuming drugs and alcohol, but drugs and alcohol almost consumed you. Maybe one of your rings represents a time where you were dismissed or even condemned by a church or some people in a church because of a a mistake you made. Maybe even a mistake that one of your kids made. And I would tell you that even though some of these things are incredibly hard for us to revisit, if we want to find restoration for our souls, in the deepest most parts, then we have to revisit our rings. We have to examine our rings. Because if we don't play the part that we need to play in owning our own story, listen to me, your story will end up owning you. And so if we want to be the cycle breaker, if you want to be the cycle breaker in your family, then we have to confront even the uncomfortable truth. Can I say it again? If you want to be the person who breaks the pattern, if you want to be the cycle breaker in your family, then we have to confront even the uncomfortable truth, which is exactly what my friend Megan did. Check this out. I grew up like in the timeframe that um, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs with the evil stepmom and Sleeping Beauty, like Disney portrayed step-parents as evil. And so I had a step-parent, therefore he is evil, and that's just the way life is. Step-parents are evil. And so that was how I equated it, and so that is how I justified and got through that phase of life. And so it was because of uh, my bio mom's husband, who was super abusive, um, physically, emotionally, psychologically, sexually to my sister and I both, to my bio mom as well. And so that's how I rationalized it, is it was step-parents are evil. So it was because of him that she relinquished her rights. She told her parents, her family, that it was because she couldn't afford child support. Um, But it was, I remember very vividly a fight going on between the, the two of them. And she's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Um, They were throwing dishes at each other, like 
opposite ends of the kitchen throwing dishes at each other. She's like, I'm leaving, I'm done, I can't take this anymore. And he's like, if you leave me, I will kill you. It was that moment that I think it clicked for her. I need to get Megan and Sarah out of this situation. It took until I was nine for everything to go through the court system and everything to be completely executed. My bio mom was adopted as well. Um, her biological dad was an abusive alcoholic. She's a functioning alcoholic. But also when my parents were married, when my dad was married to my bio mom, we moved around a lot. I probably lived in 12 houses in five years. My attachment to my bio mom had, was never good. Like, I never, babies want to be around their moms. Like, there's that comfort there. And I didn't, I never wanted to go to her. She created an environment of crazy that she knew based on her experience with her dad. So that was Eric, um, my stepdad. And then Sarah and I were exposed to that kind of crazy. So then later in life, I created the same kind of crazy that I knew. He, gaslighting, narcissistic, um, like overtly um, mentally abusive. Then there was the physical abuse. Like I would have bruises and I would, oh, I ran into the door. The dog stepped on me, um, you know, a box fell on me at work, you know, those kinds of things. But it was like, what do I do? It was a crazy that I knew and I expected because of my past experiences. And so I put up with it. I mean, because I still had a lot of shame behind the things that had happened to me in my past, just because at what point could I have prevented some of these things? And could I have fought harder? Could I have, like, what could I have done? And I mean, essentially there's nothing I could have done, but there was still that shame inside of me. So I think just getting down to the why is really helpful in the beginning. So why did this happen? Okay, cool, it happened because of this. Okay, now how can we give you the tools that your grandma and mom did not have so that you don't make the same mistake again, you don't follow in their footsteps, and that you can overcome um, the anxiety, depression, self-sabotage? Statistically speaking, based on the things that I've experienced, I should be addicted to something. Um, dead or selling myself to feed the habit. But it is by the grace of God alone that I can sit and tell my testimony, that I can sit and say, yeah, this really freaking sucked. But now I can do what I'm called to do, help women specifically. I mean, I, I see men too, but help men, women specifically, to see past what they're going through in the moment. To see that just because it sucks right now doesn't mean it's always gonna suck. And just because we're living out the things that we've learned from our parents or from our grandparents doesn't mean that we have to continue, a, continue the habituation. Does not mean that we have to sit in our parents' mental disorders or whatever they are that we can rise above, we can come around and through God's grace and professional help, it can be better. Yeah, let's give it up for Meg.
it can be better. Maybe when you examine your rings, you see a ring that represents a fire when it comes to the abuse that you endured. Maybe one of your rings represents a drought when it comes to the love that you didn't receive. Maybe one of your rings represents a disease of some sort of addiction. Maybe your ring represents a lightning strike of a traumatic event that has left you feeling paralyzed at times and you still need to catch your breath. But for others, it might not be so obvious. For others, it could be generational insecurities that got passed along. For some, it's unhealthy ways of coping with stress or anger issues that were never checked or lack of faithfulness in marriage. Maybe there was some racial junk in your family that if you're not careful, you may adopt as well. Or maybe some toxic masculinity from the male figure that was in your home that you still need to process through. Friends, when we don't take the necessary time to reflect on these things like Megan did, then we are increasing our chance of repeating these things. Let me say that differently. Limited reflections lead to dangerous reactions. Maybe that's something that you should write down today. Limited reflections lead to dangerous reactions. And listen, hear my heart on this. I hope that there's a long list of great things that you could list about your parents and the ways those things were intentionally implemented and handed down into your life. But we also have to recognize that there are things that are not so great. The workaholism, the conflict avoidance, the bad money managing skills, the short fuse, the dishonesty, the divorce. Maybe your list includes things that happen to you, or maybe you would say that part of your list or part of your ring, rings are things that didn't happen to you or for you that you wished would have. For others, it could have been that you were handed a metaphorical script. Maybe for you, that meant that you needed to be the protector because God knows nobody else was looking out for your siblings. For others, it could be the peacekeeper because again, God only knows nobody else was keeping the peace and based on how much tension and friction and conflict that was constantly coming up in your family, it's like, I'm gonna do my best to try to bring some peace to a very unhealthy situation. Maybe you were asked to be the man of the house because the actual man of the house decided to call it quits. Maybe you were, yours was the all-star, the beauty pageant queen, or the scholar. Listen, no actual script actually gets handed down to us, but that's what we thought our role is. That's what we thought our role was. And so whether it's a script or whether it's a pattern or whether it's a traumatic event, I wanna say something to you today, incredibly intentional. It's something that I've said to hundreds of people over the course of being in ministry. It's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. And I, and I want us to be careful at times because sometimes in our attempt to remedy some of the rougher things in our past in life, what we have a tendency to do is kind of over-spiritualize them. And maybe some of you have said something like this where it's like, hey, I'm glad I went through that because because I went through that, I am who I am today. And I just wanna caution you a little bit there. And sometimes this errs on the side of some very unhealthy theology where it's like everything happens for a reason. And the way that we say that and the sentiment in which we say that is it's as if God wanted that to happen. And so can I just be really, really clear this morning that if it was rooted in sin of any form or fashion or function, it wasn't of God. <laughs> he didn't want it to happen to you. 
And so sometimes we gotta be careful in our over-spiritualization. Oh, I'm so glad I went through that because it made me who I am. Listen, we can celebrate that God brought us through it, right? We can celebrate the fact that God gives us a promise in Romans chapter eight that he will use all things for good. Let me say it differently. He will use all the crap from our closet and he will do something good with it if, 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 if you love him and you trust him and you follow him according to his will and purposes for your life, that he'll take it all. And I would tell you that even in my own closet, in the junk in my own closet, I am so thankful for that promise because there are some things that I don't like to talk about from my past. There are some things that I don't like to admit from my past, but I have seen how God has used them when I finally surrendered that stuff over to him. But can I just caution you to be careful to never celebrate anything that had a root in sin. And can I just tell you one more time that I wanna give you permission today and your heavenly father wants to give you the power to say when, it's, when it comes to that junk, when it comes to that generational dysfunction, when it comes to that pattern, it stops with me, it stops with me. And every one of you have the potential to be the cycle breaker in your family. For some, this may mean you need to take a step in seeking out some professional help. And I wanna encourage you to do that if that's you. By the way, Megan's one of our counselors here at Trace. We have a counseling center with a couple counselors and she's amazing. And so is Terry, who's one of our other counselors. It's kind of hard to find her sometimes, but if you just look for the blue hair. <laughs> for some, maybe that's the step, but for others, I would tell you that step is a lot, I don't know if I want to say simple, but it's a lot more practical because for some of us, what we really need to do is just invite God to help us to maybe bring some things into the light that have been hidden in the darkness for too long, to, to give God the invitation to search us a little bit more deeply. And listen to me, God doesn't need an invitation, but he often waits for it because he doesn't want to force himself on you. And so just opening your heart, mind, and soul up a little bit more to invite God, God, would you show me some things that maybe I've not paid enough attention to, and because I haven't paid enough attention to it, I have the potential to repeat it. Let me show you what David said in Psalm 139 that I think is gonna shed some light on this conversation. He says, oh Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. And your strength, his strength, will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day and darkness and light are the same to you. I would tell you that self-reflection and self-awareness are a big part of this journey, but true help and healing won't come without you inviting the work of the Holy Spirit into your life. Inviting him to bring into the light what maybe has been in the darkness for far too long.
I'm gonna share with you just a small part of my story, my healing journey, in hopes that it might help some of you. In my mid-20s, I had a spiritual mentor take me through something called theophostic prayer. And I, I would give you this warning that if you go look this up, some people take this way too far, so be really careful. But he was very spiritually mature. And the idea behind theophostic prayer, if you break down that word, theo means God and phostic means light. It's God bringing into light what maybe was hidden in the darkness. And he knew my story and he knew that this may be something that was beneficial for me. And so what we did is we went back and we revisited something that had happened in my life when I was five years old. Not gonna tell you what that was, just a traumatic event. And because of this traumatic event that happened when I was five, it led me to be a very fearful young man, a very fearful boy. I was scared of so many different things, weird things. And there was this deep-seated insecurity inside of me. And of course, I didn't know any of this at the time. This is me processing in my mid-20s, going back and revisiting this. And that scared little boy steps into junior high school. And stepping into junior high, I remember feeling, and I had to go back and kind of revisit some of these emotions, but I didn't want to be a scared little boy anymore. I didn't want to fear everything. I didn't want this fearful spirit inside of me. And so how do I overcome that? Well, I gotta be tough. I gotta be tough. So how do you be tough when you're 11 and 12 years old? Well, you gotta start cussing. <laughs> Maybe getting some fights. Start smoking. Start drinking. Start chasing girls. Start playing football. Start lifting weights. Everything that my little mind tried to process through of how do I become tough and overcome this deep-seated sense of fear and insecurity? And what theophostic prayer did for me is it invites Jesus to go back to that traumatic event with me and literally bring Jesus into that event with me and show me, Aaron, I never wanted this to happen. This was a seed of sin sown into your heart, mind, and soul. And sin is never a part of my plan. And because that seed of sin was sown into you, I wanna show you how it started to grow and develop different things that led you away from my purpose for your life. And I promise you, this is the case for so many of you, and maybe you've not been willing to admit this, but we begin to try to medicate this insecurity with things that God never made you for. And this is exactly what I did. I began to medicate this insecurity, this deep-seated insecurity with things that God never made me for. And so Jesus began to reveal these things to me. Aaron, I want you to watch how that led to this fearful spirit and how that fearful spirit led to you having these new behaviors and these new behaviors led to these different kinds of friendships and these different friendships led you to continue to take steps further away from me. And Jesus began to help me to untangle some deep-seated stuff in my soul and most psychologists would tell us that insecurities actually can't be conquered, but that should not keep us from trying to understand them. That shouldn't keep us from inviting the Holy Spirit to help us to reflect on the roots and rings of our life so that we don't end up repeating the very thing that caused us so much pain. So where do we start? Maybe you need to sign up for a session with one of our counselors. Maybe that's your step. And if you don't know this about us, um, one of our mantras here is that we extend hope when life hurts and we take that seriously. And so I wanna let you know, we'll pay for your first counseling session.
will pay for it. Maybe that's a step that you need to take. For others, maybe it's not that big. And by the way, let me say this. I think it's important that I say this every time I bring it up. Counseling is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of wisdom. Be careful not to let the enemy, fellas specifically, fellas, listen to me. Be careful to not let the enemy whisper to you, oh, if you, if you throw in that towel and you actually need a counselor to help you manage through some of this junk, man, you're not a man. You should be able to figure this out on your own. And maybe that's some of the crap that you heard from your dad or a male figure in your life. Maybe that's part of the pattern that you need to break this morning. But for others, maybe for the rest of us, that step starts with this prayer that I would say David communicates, King David communicates really well in Psalm 139. Maybe our step today is nothing more than just saying, God, search me. Search me. God, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and not just know them. God, can you point out where those anxious thoughts were, were created? Would you point out why that anxiousness exists inside of me to begin with? Would you point out anything in me, God, that offends you? And not just the things that offend you, God. Would you help me to go back and would you help me to bring into the light things that have been in the darkness for far too long? Would you help me to see why some of the things that were developed and created and manifested in my life were rooted in this sinful event and I need to bring you back into that event with me so that we can begin to uproot some of these things that you never created me for? Search me, God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Maybe your prayer sounds something like this today. God, since you know me better than anybody else, including myself, would you help me to examine my rings? Would you help me to examine my roots? Holy Spirit, would you show me the seeds of sin that were sown into my heart, mind, and soul. And would you show me how I can take a step to begin to uproot those? Jesus, are there still some roles that I'm playing in my life as an adult because of a script that I was handed as a kid? It's not helping me, it's not helping my own kids that I'm trying to raise. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come and I've asked them to sing a song that we've never sang before. And it's a blessing, literally. It's a blessing, it's a benediction out of the book of Numbers and I've asked them to sing this over you. And can I ask you to be a little bit bold this morning? That if you're ready to receive God's help in this journey, that if you're ready to accept what God's promises are for you, that he'll use even the ugliest junk from the past. If you wanna accept the fact today that on your own, yeah, there's not a whole lot you're gonna be able to do about this, but with the power of your heavenly father, that he's given you all the potential that you need to overcome and be the cycle breaker in your family. As this blessing is being sung over you, if you feel led, can I encourage you to be a little bit bold and just stand to your feet at some moment as this is being sung over you and just show a sign of receiving it. God, I wanna receive this today. I wanna accept your favor. I wanna accept the fact that I can be the cycle breaker in my family. That moving forward, 
because of the decisions that I make today, that generations will be changed. That not just, it won't just be the healing that I seek for myself, but because of my willingness to, un, to confront the uncomfortable truth today that I'm giving my kids a better tomorrow. I'm gonna pray for us right now. And man, can I just say it one more time? I wanna give you permission. And your heavenly father wants to give you the power to break the pattern, to be the cycle breaker in your family. Father God, we pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that in this moment, man, God, I just want, I want miracles to happen. I want your blessing to be felt tangibly. As these words are sung over us directly from your word, God, I pray that we would receive it. We would stop buying the lies of the enemy. We'd stop listening to all the ways that we may be limited, that we would stop measuring your capacity, your capabilities through our capacity, that we would receive this, God. We would receive your favor. We would receive this blessing. We would receive your strength. Father, I pray, I pray that this is a moment that changes tomorrow. It's not just a feeling today, but for, because of our willingness to confront even the uncomfortable truth and be reminded of a love that surpasses knowledge and understanding that when we embrace that, our capacity is so much more than what we think it is. Come Holy Spirit, we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.